It's important to know. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale is solely a reimagining of the novel The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and not the 1939 film or any other iteration of the story. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Aftermath For Episodes 18, 18-2, and 18-3 Chapters 20, 21, and 22 Ildiad Part 1 Reginald Part 1 and Reginald Part 2 Before we get into this week's chapters, Let's talk about that special bonus rewrite of Chapter 19 last week. How was it? Was it okay? I feel like I might have overdone it just a little bit. I'll make excuses for it anyways. It's a bonus episode. It's not technically part of the story anyway. It's free, people. Nah, just messing. I hope it turned out good, and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll fill you in on my writing process real quick, just in case I haven't already. I usually make eight or nine or ten drafts of something before I'm really ready to publish it. In fact, the version of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale that is currently on Amazon, the version I use for this podcast, is actually something like the tenth draft. And since I tend to make changes as I record... This podcast is really more like the 11th draft. I rewrote that little scrap of a chapter in about 30 minutes. It's essentially the first draft of a very small portion of the book. If and when it eventually makes it to print, it will most definitely be a much more polished experience. That's not to say I'm not proud of it. It's just to say... I feel like it might have been a bit overdone, a little bit rushed even. And again, I hope it was enjoyable. Okay, now, about this week. This week's episodes are a bit more thriller than horror, more about dread and thickening tension and terror than violence. These chapters also hold a very special place in my heart, They were not originally part of the book. I don't think I actually wrote the Reginald chapters until maybe the third draft. So while it might sound like I just shoehorned chapters 20 through 26 into the existing story, which I guess I kind of did, I still feel as though they fit right in. This section of the book is my favorite. I feel it encompasses what my version of Oz is, a sometimes quirky place where lost souls exist with no rhyme or reason, and oftentimes have troubled pasts or even sordid histories. We don't find out the true identity of Reginald in these chapters, but hints are certainly dropped. If I remember, I will go through all the hints next week. Ildayed is one of the quirkier locales. The casual winkies, 
just going about their lives with their own language, the Western style of their homes. I imagine it as a suburb where every house is maybe not exactly the same, but pretty darn close. And at the end of that cul-de-sac is the house bigger than the rest and slightly off-putting. The house with the history. You know, like that house in your neighborhood as a child that all the kids were afraid of because you were told werewolves lived there or because the owner kept a creepy, scantily clad mannequin in the upstairs window. Or maybe, because legend had it, the family that lived there before was brutally murdered by werewolves. Werewolves that traveled by train every night. And that's why when you were a kid, you were terrified of the trains that came through on the tracks just a block away from your house. Because your big brother was mean. What were we talking about? Right, the city of Ildayed. Reginald is probably my favorite character. Not because he seems kind of racist, kidnaps young women and psychologically abuses them. Not because he's evil. Huh. You know what, let's, let's put it this way. Maybe he's not my favorite character, but he's my favorite villain. Honestly... I like him more than the woodman or the lion in this story. His booming personality, his ability to go from light-hearted stranger to scary mother f at the flip of a switch. He's a mystery, and his motives are unique. He's not driven by lust or greed. He's not controlled by vengeance. He simply wants a story to tell and a story to hear. Ildayed is the worst possible place for him. He has no one to talk to, and there's no one to listen to him. He's living in his own version of the Twilight Zone. You know, like that dude that only wants to read and survives a nuclear holocaust just to break his glasses, thus losing his ability to do the only thing he wants to do. And if you haven't seen that episode of the Twilight Zone time enough at last, it's well worth hunting down. It's a classic. And if I spoiled it for you, I only kind of apologize. I mean, it aired in like 1959. You've had enough time. Also, Citizen Kane, Rosebud was and Psycho, Norman Bates and his mom. Once we get a better idea of who Reginald really is, you might not feel so sorry for him. Actually, if you do feel sorry for him after next week, you might have some bigger issues to deal with. Either way, though, it's easy to see how maddening this guy's world is. Fantasy casting, I would have to say, definitely a tall Danny DeVito. No. Gotcha. There's old Tyler the Trickster coming out again, huh? I... I'll stop doing that voice, I promise. No, I always picture Reginald as a Simon Pegg type. A little bit of the controlled Simon Pegg from Hot Fuzz with the dexterous and manipulative Simon Pegg of The World's End. 
I describe him as having sort of an old-world air about him. I don't want to spoil anything here. We'll definitely get some good history on him next week, though, so be sure to come back for that. In Reginald Part 1, we get more of an idea of what kind of person he is. He is a host. He is a writer. He is a grand storyteller. He is also manipulative and scary, and not only on a physical level, but on a psychological level as well. I do regret one thing about this chapter. I regret not spending time on describing the food in more detail. I know that sounds kind of silly and weird, but just hear me out. When I was recording this, I realized it would have been excellently disturbing if all the food had a questionable look and smell, if the meat was tough, the vegetables wilted, and the table just a little bit dusty. Like maybe he just always has his table set with food and just waits for a visitor to pass through. And it's been a long time since he's had a visitor. We also get some information about the city itself. The citizens are all deaf and dumb and illiterate. I'm not sure if dumb is politically correct these days, probably not, but when Reginald is concerned, it hardly matters. Remember, he's a bit of a bad hombre. He's a captor, a monster, and kind of a racist. I didn't address this properly earlier, but there is that line in Il Dyed Part 1 where he suggests that two munchkin races would create something different like Dorothy if they ever, uh, you know, co-mingled. I just want to point out that writing Reginald as a racist doesn't make me racist. Like, if I wrote a story about a Nazi, it wouldn't make me a Nazi. So, you know, don't get all upset and think I'm trying to preach eugenics or something. Because I'm not. We also find out that he's smarter than he lets on in Il Dyed Part 1. He's well aware that Dorothy is lying about her origin, a detail that only makes him more interested in capturing her. I like to think of Reginald not only as a storyteller, but as a story collector as well. And Dorothy? Well, she's a treasure trove of stories. Chapter 22 could easily be combined with 21, and yes, I know, my chapter naming conventions are stupid. Looking back on this weird tangle of part 1s, part 2s, and 3s, etc., is ridiculous. I should have done better. I thought about changing the titles for the podcast, but ultimately, I want the podcast titles to be the same as the book. And since we've already established that republishing a book is a pain, and I'm just a hair on the lazy side when it comes to doing that, I'm just not that interested in doing it right now. So, the titles, they shall remain. Reginald Part 2 continues the slow burn that is this segment of the story. Dorothy is captured, crying for help while accomplishing nothing, and on top of that... We now know that something terrible is lurking in the darkness of Il Dyed at night. There's a bit of 
nasty business out there. Reginald also continues to evolve here. I wanted him to become more intimidating with each encounter. He always has that one more thing just waiting to spring on Dorothy. In this particular case, of course, it's that he will let Dorothy go. With Mr. But only if she finds him. Oh, right, and his mouth has been sewn shut as well, you know, to keep him just as dumb as the rest of the city. His words, not mine. Well, I mean, kind of mine, because I wrote him, but you know what I mean. Say, do you have a shovel I could borrow? I might have a hole to dig myself out of this week. Nevertheless, this brings us to the conclusion of yet another Aftermath episode. Come back next week for more tension and terror from Reginald in the city of Il Dayed. It's going to be a big week with four chapters, 23, 24, 25, and 26. That's the third floor in The Patchwork Girl, the second floor, Reginald Part 3, the first floor, and Il Dayed Part 2. I know, naming conventions. What are you going to do? And of course, there will be the usual Aftermath episode as well. Thanks for listening. I love you all.